0: answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's
1: 833-99-W-O-R-T-H. Welcome to All Worth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are with us today, both myself and my co-host here. We're both financial advisors, certified financial planner, charter financial consultant. We spend our weekdays with people like yourself. Come here on weekends to be your financial advisors on the air and glad you are here with us as we are talking about financial matters. Of course, we'll talk about the current economy and the markets as well as taking your calls. If you want to join us, 833-99-WORTH is the number, 833-99-WORTH.
2: So it's a, Scott, I came across this article and uh, I thought this was quite interesting. Uh, We have talked about, uh, governments in the past issuing zero percent bonds that pay zero and in fact or negative or negative some negative i think um a couple weeks we were talking about the czech republic and a couple other ones like that well this it's amazing you think of some of these countries
1: that went negative i think spain went negative portugal went negative remember it wasn't that many years ago that people were freaking out that they were going to default on their bonds yes Now, (laughs) now they're negative Now people say here you take my money like take my euros take my euros and give me back just most of them. Yeah. And they were in the interest rates. It wasn't that long ago when they were in the tens and twelves yeah, and fifteens and short term memories.
2: How long ago was that? It was, uh, in the 2011, probably 12? 10 years ago, 2010. I re- remember
1: I was, I was, I chaired an investment committee for, um, it was a nonprofit organization. I don't want to say too much. I don't want to give any heads off what it was. And it, it was the classic where this little thing happened, and all of a sudden people on the board wanted to know an explanation of how much, what percentage of the portfolio is in Portuguese bonds. Should we get rid of our Portuguese bonds? And, of course, it was like 0.2% of the portfolio or something, right? And I, mean, I just remember the time. It's like people that haven't understood – yeah, Sometimes but, these people on investment committees have no But
2: in reality, that. you would have wanted to load up on the Portuguese well, of bonds. If they go down. And- <laughs> when there's blood in the
1: street, that's when there's buying opportunity. Yeah, yeah, when but- everyone's euphoric and, and toast and champagne, that's usually the time to run for cover.
2: Yeah, and as the interest rates are high, as the interest rates go down, the values increase the bonds. But this Danish home finance company, the Danes, Nordia Bank, ABP, has now issued... A zero percent mortgage, twenty percent, zero percent mortgage. I thought they were low in the U.S. Zero percent mortgage. Yeah. yeah, you know. So a friend of mine who was he—he he was looking for a new job. He said, "Pat, what do you think about me getting into home mortgages?" And I said, "I'm the wrong guy to ask."
1: Because <laughs> ten years ago, you said it was <laughs> how much lower can rates go? Right.
2: <laughs> right? That's exactly <laughs> what I said to him. I said, I'm absolutely the guy, the wrong guy to ask because 10 years ago, I thought these things can't get any lower. And even when they couldn't get any lower, the government was subsidizing some sort of a refinance program a couple years ago.
1: Um, Anyway. Well, I I do also recall the early 90s, my friend was going to open a coffee shop. I was living in the the city of Folsom at the time, Folsom in Northern California, the Johnny Cash Folsom. And uh, I said, what, are you kidding me? I said, there are... Already two Starbucks in this city. Starbucks. I went <laughs> now to a, two every corner.
2: I went to a Starbucks that actually had a Starbucks inside of it. So they- <laughs> uh,
1: but it's amazing how low interest rates have got. Yes, which is part of what's driving markets higher. Lack Money's of free right there. It's free, basically. Yes. Yeah. Basically, that's free. That's free. A zero percent mortgage. That is free money. Yes. You got to pay it back, but you can use it. For the next 20 years. And corporations
2: refinance the same way individuals refinance.
1: Rates are low. It's like, holy crud. Let's take advantage of it.
2: Yeah. And in fact, corporations will issue new bonds at low interest rates, even though they don't have a use for them at times. It's not unusual at all.
1: And I know there's some people kind of wondering what's going to happen now with the new administration coming in, um, which will just be this next week. What's going to happen? Of course, we know what was stated on the campaign trail, and what we'll see which actually what bills get pushed forward are probably uh, two different things. Yes, reality. That's <laughs> they tend to stay things to appeal to various. It's
2: like the difference between dating and getting married.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the real self comes out once you're married. <laughs> Is that a bad analogy? That's a bad analogy. <laughs> yeah, but I think people kind of understand what you mean. Uh, but I, I obviously. I think this is the first election that people didn't call the day after saying they were going to get out only because it was undecided. Yes. It took a long time to do the counting and then there's still the recount and then there's the right, we know the recount's still stolen, all that stuff, right? So we didn't have that day after election, but invariably it doesn't matter. Every two years when there's an election, depending on which party takes control, there's clients we've got thirteen thousand clients or whatever here at allworth and there'll be clients that'll call and say oh my gosh this is the worst thing ever these guys are going to do gals and go they're going to destroy the country i need to sell everything i've got and put it together." an equal number of clients that will call and say this is the best thing that's ever happened i need to increase, increase <laughs> yeah, my equity right. exposure but here's an interesting thing if we go back and look at some of the history i'm just stating this as it is since 1944, this was a uh, CFRA had published this, they did the research on this. Whenever Democrats had a unified government, the average annual return for the S&P 500, unified government, right? That's what we got now. We got the presidency or what we'll have here in next week, presidency, both chambers of Congress. Whenever they've had a united government, the average annual return of the S&P 500 was 9.8%. I found that pretty spectacular. That's just what's happened
2: historically. It doesn't mean it's going to happen now. No. What, do you expect any changes in tax law? Yes. The first uh, um, year? I don't know if we'll see anything right away. Yeah, I, I don't think so.
1: No, like, they're going to give more money away. Yeah. They, the $600 wasn't enough, so 2000 I say why not just 100000 to every individual in the United States? Okay. Why stop at 2000 Okay, <laughs> okay. Let's give everyone a good life, not just
2: a mediocre. Yeah, life. well, obviously, if everyone had a hundred thousand, then
1: we don't all... think most people are very supportive of just writing blank checks to everybody no. based upon regardless of need. So anyway, we'll see.
2: Uh, I, I doubt anything happens in the first six to twelve.
0: But months. if
1: you're if you're sitting there monitoring these uh, economic reports, thinking you're going to make investment decisions based upon. What's happening in the economy? We would strongly suggest against that. Now, perhaps you can make an argument based upon how much the Fed is is sloshing money on, but the economy creates more money now than banks than banks do. The way that yes. the lending occurs in these side,
2: yeah, shadow yes. banking systems. Yes,
1: so. well, especially uh, outside the United States. But yeah. there's some listeners here right now that and you know who you are, that you you sold a good chunk of your stocks, if not all, last March. Yep. And there's some of you that um, maybe now is a good time to be selling some chunk of your stocks to get back to a more realistic weight. You
2: most certainly should make sure that your portfolio is
1: rebalanced. If If you think back, we had in 2000, the year 2000, we had a period of time after 2000, the dot-com bubble, it, it it peaked in March of 2000. We didn't hit the bottom until I believe it was November of 2002. Two and a half years of this slow grinding down, the S&P 500 went down about 45%. Two and a half years of this prolonged decline. And Be what year was that? Between 2000 and 2002. After the tech bubble. Yep. And the NASDAQ went from 5000 to under 2000 Yep. Destroyed. And how long did it take Technology to get? Technology stocks. It took internet. No, it took, took a long, long time, time to get back to new high. Now, with this time of this just a tremendous euphoria of investors, uh, things have gone up like crazy. People making money Then Robinhood app. They can't believe how much money they're making. Like you have 20-year-olds start to tell their parents how to invest their dollars. That's what's happening, right? It's just this kind of strange time. And I think not that we are predicting that this is going to be a bad year economically because who knows. But if you think back, we've had in the last 20 years, we had two periods of times where the stock market was down roughly 50%. One was the the period that lasted for two and a half years of declines, not two and a half years to get to new highs, two and a half years of these gradual a demoralizing sl- slog down. Where it's like you're looking at each other at home saying, oh, my gosh, if we have another couple months like this, we're going to have to go back, quit retirements off the table or we're going to have to go back to work. And then we had the financial crisis. That was much quicker. Oh, it was fast. Then we had this last year. Which was even quicker. It was unbelievable. But my point is, our point, prepare for another major downturn. That doesn't mean you need to sell all your growth stocks or sell your stocks, but have a good understanding. Do a stress test in your portfolio. What would things look like if the market fell 50%? How would your portfolio react? And can you still – are things structured in such a manner that it can still provide the retirement income that you need for – which means – do a, you have a market have, downturn that's going to take five plus years to recover? Do you
2: have enough in bond that you could provide in that cash. monthly income in order to allow the rest of the portfolio to recover?
1: Because you don't know
2: what's going to happen. You absolutely don't know. You do not know. It will be something that has not been on anyone's radar.
1: But if you prepare for the worst in your finances, then. Nothing bads can ever really happen, right? Well, you you're you're going to see some volatility, but
2: you're expecting it. If
1: you look at volatility as that's the that's the price that's that the you cost. pay to get these excess returns, then it's then that's not a bad thing either. That's right. That's right.
2: That's why it pays above what over historically it has paid over the long term above what a U.S. Treasury has paid. That's the cost of that volatility. Yeah. Is the cost of the excess returns. So we'll see how this year plays out. Who knows? Actually, I remember a friend, he was buying a hotel two years ago. And he was talking about financing it with me. He was buying a hotel. And he said, what could go wrong? And I said to him, Who knows? (laughs) I said to (laughs) him, it's a hotel. I said to him, there are things that are going to happen that if we sat in a room today for days and tried to list them all, we would miss a few. And I'm sure, quite frankly, had we done that, We probably would have missed pandemic affecting hotels. And so he didn't lever it all up. He didn't put tons of leverage on it, which was my point, which is, look, if you're going to own this thing for the, if if you're an owner or you're a speculator, if you're an owner, then be careful with leverage. Debt. Yep. If you're a speculator, pile on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Right?
1: Pile on. Use options. Triple inversion or all that other garbage. Yeah, if you're a speculator, use debt. Pile on! All right, let's uh, let's start taking some calls here. Eight three three ninety nine Worth is the number to be part of our program. We're talking with Daryl. Daryl, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Is it Daryl? Yes. Hi, Daryl.
3: Hey. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Scott and Pat. Thank y'all for taking my call. Yes. I wish I had thirty minutes to talk to you <laughs> and just suck your brains. Uh, let me tell you a quick okay. intro of. Thanks. Uh, I'm very... That
1: sounds really exciting.
3: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I'm very high risk when it comes to investing, Uh, and I hope and pray that the kids are high risk. We have five children, which are grown now, the youngest being 27 years old. Uh, I grew up in the projects, very low income area. I'm not a a college graduate or anything, but what I did when I graduated, I went right into the military, the Marine Corps, the very next day. And I retired, did my 20 there. And then I came out and went to the Postal Service, and I'm at 20 over 20 there.
2: God bless you. So
3: I'm, yeah, I think I'm putting all my beings right there with the government, basically. So, uh, but my question is pertaining to our grandchildren. We have six of them, and I'm interested in what are some of the uh, investment programs that we, myself and my wife, can do for them. Uh, if you have any advice or insight on that. right what is now, your
1: What are you trying to accomplish?
3: My goal is for them when they're 25 years old or 30 is to have uh, a lot amount of money set aside for if they decide to go to school or open a business of that nature. So that's uh, growth income.
2: And when, when you say, uh, is it primarily school or is it... Um, or is it business and at any point in time would you like the ability to retrieve those dollars if you think that they were going to use them in a manner that isn't consistent with your beliefs uh,
1: yes yes okay so i mean here I'll so get. there's there's we can talk about some different avenues that you can use and then the pros and cons to that right one avenue Correct. is use what's called 529 plans these are designed for education costs the benefit of a 529 plan... Inside of a 529 plan, you could be as aggressive or as conservative as you'd like. You control the dollars. You, you set care. the allocation. And you can set up six accounts for your six grandkids. You can have them be as aggressive as you'd like. You can control it. The The beauty of these plans is the dollars grow tax-deferred, and with the, if when the money comes out and it's used for education expenses, room and boards included, trade schools are included, it, it, it comes out tax-free. So all the earnings are... If, are tax-free.
2: And the, the benefit is, is you remain the owner of the account, not the child. So gotcha. if the child gets to 25, 22, 23, and you're like, you know, giving this kid 15 or 20 grand is not going to help them li- their lives. It will actually possibly make their white lives worse. You can change the beneficiary on that account to another grandchild, or you could withdraw the money yourself and pay taxes and penalties on there. So- That is one option. It is the option that I have chosen for my own children. It is the option that Scott has chosen for. It is the option that we recommend to about 95% of all our clients.
1: Now, here's a couple other avenues you can go. You can set up accounts that are what's called a Uniform Transfer to Minors Act or Uniform Gift to Minors Act. It's different states call it not different things, but an utma or an UGMA.
2: Which, by the way, was the predominant way of funding college education prior to the advent of the 529 20 plan. years
1: ago or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Okay. With this, there's some benefits. This is a way that the money is set up in the kid's name, so you die or whatever, it can it, it remains in the kid's name. Uh, you'd have to set up six different accounts each for each grandchild. A certain amount of, of interest, seven hundred fifty bucks a year or eight hundred bucks a year, I forget the exact number, is free from uh, any sort of income tax, and then it's uh, it's it's taxed after that. And if it gets too high, it's taxed at the parents' rates. But that applies to such a small percentage of the population; it's almost irrelevant uh, in this particular situation. Uh, uh the challenge with that sort of structure and again you can invest it in anything you want you could you could invest it in a in a bank account or you can invest it in Tesla stock and anywhere in between the 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 downside to that is when the the child reaches age of maturity mm-hmm. the, the those dollars are theirs regardless so if they're more interested in in cars than they are in college catalogs they're probably going to take the money and and buy a car or something like
2: that and i remember when I was 20, a friend of mine all of a sudden shows up with a Carmen Ghia, right? Back in the day, Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. Nice. For those young kids, you won't <laughs> know what a Carmen Ghia is. <laughs> but a Carmen Ghia, and this kid had nothing. And I'm like, where did you get this Carmen Ghia? He goes, well, I had this fund my parents had been saving for me. and I turned 21, here and, it is. And I got <laughs> it. And he wrecked it three wow. weeks later. I thought that was classic. Um, <laughs> he did. <laughs> he
1: did. Uh, so... That's another avenue, and a third avenue is where you just you set up a you you. It's kind of a pain, but you set up six different accounts in your name, okay. or you and your wife's name, or your trust mm-hmm. name, or however you hold your assets, and you just earmark them internally. That the, the, I'm setting this up for Johnny, and no kids named Johnny anymore. Whatever, <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> whatever their names are, and, Devin, and, and then you earmark them yourself. You're the one re- going to be responsible for any sort of um, capital gains or or dividends or interest that are paid out over there. presumably, you would invest in something that's more growth oriented, so it wouldn't be very right, yes. off much. And then you could you could gift those assets to the child later, like, hey, by the way, I'd been saving up money. there's ten grand that's in this account that I've got for you. And you could set up in your will or your trust such that if you die early, the, these dollars go into a certain trust to accomplish your objectives. All right.
2: So we gave you all the choices and the, the, and the pros and cons. You want to use the 529 plan. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. you, you, that's all you oh, want to yeah. do. And what state are you in?
3: I am in Missouri. And real quick, my son, he has three of the grandkids out in California. Mm-hmm. So I told him to go ahead and start teaching them about stocks and buying. So he set up accounts in um uh, TD Ameritrade, mm-hmm. and what, I told them to start teaching them right now. That's right. You know about, and you know, of course, young people and kids' minds is all about gaming and texts and things of that nature. But I thought that would be a, a good idea for them to start.
2: Yep, yep. And so, what you want to do is uh, just set these up. I don't know about the, the the 529s are funny because each state is only allowed to have one. And so, but you don't. Some
1: states give you a tax deduction. Some states don't. And you don't
2: have to use the one that the state that you're actually resident. I'd look
1: to see if you get some tax deduction for the state of Missouri.
2: And if not, I'd use the state of Utah's uh, plan, which is the one that. Oh,
3: okay. Utah, and I know Kansas definitely has that. Over yeah. there, they, well, they all have pretty them.
2: Pretty the question mm-hmm. you want to see is if you get a deduction in the state of Missouri. And then if,
3: if the money's not
1: used for any sort of education expenses whatsoever, worst case, you pay taxes and a 10% penalty on the gain.
2: And it, oh, and it comes back to you. But you can always rename another that's right. grandchild as a beneficiary. One it's,
1: kid doesn't turn out so well, and yeah, you're like, that's not going to help very, him.
2: Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we appreciate your service in the Marine Corps and uh, the U.S. Postal yeah, Service. Thanks, so.
1: Daryl. Appreciate the call. We wish you well. Let's continue on. Eight three three ninety nine worth is the number. We're talking with Brian. Brian, you're with All Money Matters.
4: Hi guys, thanks for taking my call.
1: Yeah. What can so we my, do So my my
4: question is is on renting versus buying. So recently I got a twenty thousand dollar raise that took my income from from ninety thousand to $110,000. hundred and ten. I'm thirty five, single, no kids. And uh, right now I've been budgeting and saving about half my income per month. So just background, I have 75000 in savings and 125000 in uh, retirement accounts. So so two fifty all in. And I'm probably running at below market. So a few things just on my mind is, is I like having cash in the bank and kind of worried about being, say, house poor if I, if I get into something soon. And then I like to travel and could see living abroad two to three months out of the year. Um, And and then kind of, you know, at what point, you know, at what point, you know, should I, I'll be stocking up cash. At what point do I really need to look at, at buying a house? Like what kind of timing and then my impact, my wealth building for the long term by continuing to rent. Do you want,
2: do you want to own a house? Do you want to own the house you live in?
4: Um, I'm starting to, to, to like the idea of owning a house, but uh, to this point, I, I've kind of liked renting more to the fact that it's just more flexible. Uh, the month to month cost is pretty low. I gotta
1: tell, I'm got i going to tell you a story right now. Okay. This week. So, so we're going to introduce him to your daughter. No, <laughs> no. So <laughs> this week, so my wife and I, we, the house we're in, we built sixteen years ago, so we've been there quite a while. So we decided it'd be a good idea this last year to do some upkeep, do some redos. Which, by the way, when you start a redo project, it just kind of never ends. And then, so part of it, we redid our flooring, and our entire downstairs is this wood floor. It looks fine, whatever. It's a, It's a some people call house. it a
2: remodel, but many call it a marriage test.
1: Whatever. So the the this these planks that you can kind of see a little bit of gap. So. The, the guy was out like a couple different times he, he, some guys out today with a couple other crew and they're trying to do something and the guy says to me what Scott I'm going to give you my my number you just i just live not far from me anytime you have any issue you just you just text me and I'll come over you just text me here and i and i'm i looked to the guy and i and i, I said to my wife i didn't realize that a new floor came with yet another relationship i have to manage in my life <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I felt at the moment, right? Like he's a fine enough guy, and maybe I'd enjoy having a meal with him or whatever. But like, I, in the middle of the workday, and like I'm, it's so the last thing I felt like dealing with is the stupid floor in my house. When you rent, there's one there's one relationship to manage, right? And it's not your checkbook either; it's someone else's. So, there are other ways to build personal wealth besides owning a primary resident. When you own a home, you are consuming that home. If you're wise, not every American is, you pay down the mortgage over time, you get to retirement with your home paid off. If you're unwise, you continue to refinance it every few years, take the cash out, and increase your lifestyle and get to retirement with a house with a huge mortgage on it. But But you can rent and
2: own investment properties all at the same time.
1: That would, if you're like, I wanna get in the real estate market, That would be my recommendation.
2: So that's why I asked what your desire to actually own the home you're living in. And do you think that you're going to be relocating anytime in the next few years? By
1: the way, I meant no offense to the the nice gentleman who works on my floor. He's by the way, he's right
2: now, he's actually tearing your floor up. (laughs) I'm
1: sorry. I'm really sorry. So it's not
2: personal. So Brian, do you expect that you're going to be moving anytime soon?
4: Uh, Not necessarily, but I wouldn't rule it out. And and I do like the idea of, some income producing property, but I didn't know if, you know, you should own your own personal residence first and then move on. To, not if uh, you're, not if you're paying about,
2: not if you're paying below market, but the reality is y- yes, normally you would start with owning your own personal but if residence. You don't, if you
1: think you might want to go live overseas, you might have that opportunity, but don't you don't let a
2: home, but you could, you would buy a home that you could convert to a rental. If it was your primary residence, where
1: do you live? Uh, Sacramento. Okay. So home prices aren't ridiculous. They're still a lot more expensive than other parts of the country for rental. Yeah, you should. You're ready to
2: buy a home and settle down. (laughs) Settle
4: down. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're ready. Maybe a duplex and live in one and rent out the other side. Perfect
2: or Or a condo. The the duplexes aren't great because they don't uh, the resale value. Uh, isn't the same as a single family, but a condo would most certainly make sense in a newer condo or a a standalone home. You most certainly can afford it and you're probably ready for it. Only
1: buy one if you really want one. That's right. If you enjoy rent, there's other ways to build wealth. That's right. There are other ways to build wealth. That's right. This is All Worth Money Matters. We're taking a quick break. Stick around for our second half.
0: Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com radio to listen to the
1: Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hanson. I'm Pat McClain. And uh, we've got a, I think we're doing a great show anyway.
2: <laughs> we're enjoying ourselves. Hey, but Scott, we always enjoy ourselves. We had uh, notes from the marketing department here. This is the time that dis- from the
1: marketing department, <laughs>
2: right? You, did huh? you see this? This, the next round of retirement workshops is Monday, January, the 25th through the 28th. This is reading right off this, the sheet. You'll find these workshops <laughs> beneficial if you made a resolution to get on top of your finances in 2021. And you're within five years of retirement. These workshops will help you. That came from the marketing department.
1: Let's just it'll let's, help you figure out how much money you'll need to retire. Well, You'll learn the basic investment management strategies and determine how Social Security fits into your retirement paycheck. That's the marketing. This is why you should actually get to this
2: Zoom workshop. This is from Scott and Pat. This isn't a marketing. This is us believing that these workshops are good for you to attend to better understand your own financial situation. Whether you become a client of all or don't become a client of all we still think if, if you had no intention to become a client of allworth you like, should still we, attend we
1: look we understand that there's a certain there's a, a big number of people that listen to the podcast and the radio program there's a large number of people that use our, our our resources on our on our website a smaller portion of that will engage us in any sort of engagement whatsoever and a smaller portion of that ever actually become clients
2: that's fine that's that's how it works right that's fine that's right, right. that's right so the reason you want to attend this workshop is so that you better understand how to go into retirement, the things that you need to think of. And so this is, you're actually doing the workshop, are you not? I believe so. Uh, so it's Monday, January 25th. And then we through Wednesday, January 28th. A number of them. So go to allworthfinancial.com, allworthfinancial.com. And we're going to cover things like sources of income and in retirement, risk in the portfolio, tax considerations, estate planning considerations, the things that you should be thinking about. Now, obviously we'd like you as a client. I was bike riding with a friend of mine that was a, um, he was an assistant treasurer at a fortune 100 company. And we were bike riding uh, the other day. And he said, yeah, I met with these, a uh, couple of retirement guys and they wanted, they recommended all this blah, 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 blah. And I said, what did you think? He said, I don't think I need a financial plan or And I said, "Uh, you might need some tax planning around the edges, but in terms of managing the portfolio, since he's a treasure, he was a treasure (laughs) to fortune 100. I said, you probably don't need that. And then he said to me, you know what I do need, Pat? I'm like, what? He goes, I need someone to manage my money in case something happens to me because my wife will have no ability to actually manage this money. And I'm like, well, then you should actually
1: form a relationship with a financial advisor without actually hiring them. I had a client... He became a client, I believe, in 1994. 1994. A client for a number of years. Uh, I really enjoyed the guy a lot. And he would never bring his spouse in. And I'd say, Bill, the name wasn't Bill, Bill, you need to bring your spouse in because it's important that she gets to know me and trust me. And he never did. Finally, he, they come in to one day together. He but- looks a little odd. And you're wondering, what's happening? And we're talking, and he's talking a little odd, and she reaches out to me later that afternoon, calls and says, by the way, Bill's got uh, Parkinson's, mm. and he's listening to some cognitive stuff right now, right? And so um, he went through a couple years before he and eventually fortunately he passed away. He was a little older at the time of the diagnosis. But when he, when he passed away, his wife didn't feel comfortable enough with me that she brought her sister with her. And her sister starts telling her how she needs, for tax riots off. she should be buying a rental house. And I'm looking at this poor lady who's just widowed. This guy, they had done a phenomenal job saving. She never needed to worry about a dime the rest of her life. And here her loved one, her sister, is telling her she needs to get a rental. Her sister doesn't know what she's talking about, frankly. Yeah. And and at the time, I thought I, I was angered at myself. Like, I should have insisted that more. That he brought. She didn't buy to. a rental. I hope. No, she never did. Oh, good,
2: good, good. She because
1: didn't. would have made no difference. It, yeah, and it would have complicated her life. And it if would her, have ruined I told it. her, if your goal is to make sure you you have as much money as possible when you die, downsize your house immediately. Maybe get a little trailer somewhere, and then um, buy a bunch of rentals. If, and then, yeah, and it's not going to make your life good.
2: Yeah. So, um, so men, back to the. Attend the workshops, go to (laughs) allwardfinancial.com. That
1: that was a long show. But But, but but the
2: reality is, is you're going to get something out of it. And it's easy. You just go, you're in your own home. You could even, listen, if you'd like, we'll serve wine. It's bring your own, B Y O W. You bring your own wine. And we'll provide (laughs) (laughs) You sit in front of your computer, you drink whatever you want. Drink whatever you want. We don't care.
1: You can eat with your mouth open.
2: (laughs) We don't care. But it's Monday, January 25th through the 28th. And we're going to talk about...
1: Allworthfinancial.com is where you can... um, Allworthfinancial.com. By the way, if you don't get our weekend update, you can sign up for that as well. It's a great way to learn more about um, uh, lots of good planning topics.
2: All right. So there is the marketing, advertising portion of the radio show. We will not do that again. (laughs) We promise we're going to go right to the calls. That's
1: right. If you'd like to be part of the program... Our number, 833-99-WORTH. Let's talk with Marcia. Marcia, you're with Allworth's Money Matters.
5: Hello. Um, I, I would like your thoughts regarding um, estate planning related to leaving a house to my two sons. Um, and without the worst tax consequences for them, I live in California. I've owned the house for 45 years. And it's currently in a uh, revocable living trust. Okay. And, and recently, in California, Prop 19 passed. Mm-hmm. And just wondering if you know I should be doing anything. Uh, you know, I know some of this might be legal but I what is your,
1: your so just and not everyone's in california listen so in the past it, it used to be such that you in california our property taxes were fixed based on prop 13 which was passed in the 70s and i think most people in the country probably even heard about that because property taxes are if you bought your home in less 40 some years ago your property taxes can only increase two percent a year regardless of inflation. So you have people that have a million dollar homes that are paying property tax at a value that's 15% of that or whatever. Yes. Right? And then your next door neighbor goes and moves next door and they're paying a high property tax. And it used to be that if you passed away, a a direct heir of yours could uh, inherit that house. And as long as they converted that home to their own primary residence, they can continue with that same low tax uh, basis on the house. Right? Yes. Recent tax, uh, this last uh, election cycle, there was a bill that went through that um, was trying to... It, it, the intention was to provide some benefits to, at least how that was structured, um, some uh, people, if they wanted to move different areas to, to transfer their their tax bases forward. Was it just for fit, people 55 and older, I think? I believe disabled, so. there was a bunch of lists of us. but Wildfire. But, but, that's right, wildfire. But with that it it said you can no longer pass on the the property tax basis to your heirs there might have been some a couple exceptions but yeah, essentially eliminated but that i don't
2: know if this actually matters in your situation Marcia, you're leaving it to two children would both children move into the house
3: probably not
2: w- would either of them move into the house
3: probably
2: not okay well then it's irrelevant so you want to make sure and the reasons it's irrelevant if they came into my office and you had passed away and they said we inherited this house together what do you think
1: sell the house and split the proceeds I would have them sell 99% the house percent of the time
2: and split the proceeds almost immediately unless they were in business already together and they had the best, most perfect relationship. Or there's there the enough
1: world. assets where someone says, I'll take the $500,000 house, you take the $500,000 in cash. And that
2: was one way you would do it. But you most certainly would want to split that property as quickly as possible uh, or sell it and have that. And so the tax, the Prop 19 doesn't mean anything to you. Um, so what you want them to do is make sure that it is titled correctly in the name of your trust and the trust gives direction to the disposition of the property at the time of death. That's what you want to make sure. Then you want to make sure that you have TODs on all your other accounts or they're labeled in the name of the trust and that the beneficiaries on your IRAs, life insurance or anything that annuities have your children as the primary beneficiaries, Unless there's restrictions on how the dollars are paid out in the trust. Are there restrictions on how the dollars are paid out in the trust? No. All right, that's all you got to do is just go through and make sure all your beneficiaries list your two children and make sure that all the property did, is in the name of the trust.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you're already set. Why, yeah, it sounds why, right. why did this trouble you? It's a Prop 19.
5: Prop 19 is hard to understand. That's
2: right, that's right, that's right. And, and, and I've had a number of phone calls on Prop 19. It, it means nothing to you. <laughs> okay. It means nothing to you. <laughs> and the reason is because of the disposition of the property at time of death. That's why it means nothing to you
1: righty?
4: Okay, thank you. Alright, appreciate All right, the call.
1: I think for most, for most uh, homeowners, it was a benefit. In-
4: yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. But I mean, it depends- as a taxpayer, I clearly understand the why. Would you want to let a family member pass it down to generation, generation, generation? Oh, yeah, I get it. The- I, I mean, thing- I understand. Like, if you can't afford to pay your property taxes, why we need to have a mechanism in place so you, we don't your property taxes don't chase you out of your house. Yes. Anyway,
2: but for most people, it was a non. Issue. So,
1: all right, let's continue on here. Uh, our contact number 99 Worth. Let's talk with Mary. Mary, you're with All Worth's Money Matters with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Hello, hello,
5: Scott and Pat. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thank you. I am calling today. Um, I have a question, and I'm looking for different options and the best way to. Handle it. So, I met with my nephew and his wife over the holidays and they were just telling me about their situation they're both uh, um self-employed and uh they've had they just purchased a house in October 2018 for 85,000 at a 6.75% interest rate and it's a 30-year fixed mortgage um they went in March to see about refinancing and there was a $4,000 closing cost because they're self-employed um, they didn't have that cash, so they didn't um, approve the refinancing. So they saved up the 4000 and went back in November, and the interest rates are down to 2.8%. So they wanted to refinance an $80,000 loan, and they had the $4,000 closing. Well, at that time, the bank that they went to denied it because of things that were happening with COVID, and they, I don't know, they just didn't approve it. So I was looking for a way that I might be able to help him okay. um, and different options. So um, I have about $40,000 cash. Um, I have investments and retirement um, pension, that kind of thing. So um, they would like to refinance at like 15 years. They could probably get it for less than 3% if, um, if the bank approved it. And for eighty thousand, and they would be paying the same amount, but they would cut their years from thirty to fifteen. Yeah, the problem is they haven't been able to get the loan. I don't know if they should keep shopping around, or I'm not liking the idea of co-signing a loan for them. Yeah. Um, um, let me what ask: you,
1: What state is this in?
5: This is in New York State. And what is uh, uh? What's the value of the home? It's about eighty. Well, they bought it for eighty-five thousand. I. It's not. You know. It's not a lot more than that, probably.
2: It's amazing they could get a banker to talk to them at all for an $85,000 loan.
1: I think they It's amazing that there's bank. actually homes in the United States that sell for $85,000. Well,
5: I assume it's probably in upstate New York somewhere. It is. It is. It's in an older community. Yeah. It's small. Um, and they are, they're n- kind of newlyweds They're They've been married since October, 2018. And... Uh, They just started their family, so. And what's their business?
2: They're self-employed. Are they both in the same business or two different businesses?
5: Um, Yeah, he is a photographer and his wife is a wedding planner. So with COVID, you know, (laughs) that went down. (laughs) Yeah. But in the meantime, they have certainly been able to keep up their payments and uh, save enough money for a down
1: payment or for a closing So Mary, Mary, if you called and you said... I've got $300,000 in the bank. I've got another $2 million in my retirement account. I really love these. my nephew. Um, then I'd say, yeah, you could be the bank on it. That's right, Scott. I was thinking exactly. You could be the bank on it. and
5: you, you, That's what I'd like to do so they don't have to have that $4,000. Well,
1: well, I, I just said well. if you had a few hundred thousand in the bank and a million dollars in your retirement account. So, um, and By well, the way, f- full disclosure, my wife and I bought our
2: first house. My grandmother lent us twenty grand uh, for the down payment mm-hmm. so we could get through uh, PMI, payment mortgage insurance, so we didn't have to pay it. And I paid it off in a couple of years. And, she and my tried-
1: dad loaned me money to help with the down payment.
2: My grandmother tried to oh. lend me money again because it was such a good return to her. She kept <laughs> saying, you know,
5: Patrick, I could lend you some more money. And I'm like, I don't need it.
1: She liked the return. (laughs) She
5: liked the return. Um, Yeah, and and my nephew, my nephew also said, "Well, if you are going to be the." you know, or that we wouldn't want you to do it if you didn't get some kind of a percent. So you would be willing to even give me a little bit of a percentage, which is much more than I'm getting in in the bank. Oh, no, no, you'd market at above
2: market. You'd market at fair market. Uh, Absolutely fair market. But the question is, is do you have the financial wherewithal without putting your retirement into jeopardy to do so? So tell us about you.
5: Yes. Okay. Um, uh, Well, right now I've got about, 40,000 liquid cash in the bank. Um, I've, I've been working for many years. I'm in my 60s, early 60s, uh, good retirement pensions. Um, are you retired now? No, I'm not retired. I work full time. Uh, my home is paid for. I have no debt. Um, do you work for the state you or
2: uh, a municipality no. or utility? No,
5: I do not work for the state. I
1: okay. I, I work in private industry. <laughs> <No>. Okay. <laughs> and what do you have? Do you have money on a 401k or IRA, that sort of thing?
5: Sure. Yes, I do. How yeah, much? 401k. I also have a pension plan with my current employer, who I've been with for over 20 years. And my employer before that was the state. And I worked with them for about 15 years. So <laughs> I have...
1: And uh, so what if you were to uh, add up all your retirement accounts together, what do you have in those accounts?
5: Oh, that I'm not prepared to tell you because I didn't check. I'm not real good at. A few hundred thousand? Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. So we don't. So the answer is without those, without that, uh, that being answered, we I, we can't tell you. I, I, My first blush I, is that you're not prepared
1: to do it. I, the, the, the challenge is this. this is your nephew, right? So let's envision yeah. down the road. Let's say you 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 do this. Let's say that something happens. Um, the marriage no longer works out. That's right. For whatever, mm-hmm. maybe she bec- whatever, right? Something, right? just life happens. Marriage doesn't sure. work out. Mm-hmm. Businesses doesn't mm-hmm. don't don't work out.
2: Are you prepared they, to lose they quit, this?
1: They're not making the payments anymore. You don't want a right. house in At, upstate New like York. Aunt Mary, we can't afford the payment this month. We can only send you $100, right? And the next thing you know, they're several months behind on their mortgage, and you're like, well, how do I evict my nephew? Because you then you'd be the bad aunt.
2: You don't. And remember, bread that right. is eaten is soon forgotten. Bread that is eaten <laughs> is soon
1: forgotten. So the reality, is, okay. the reality is this. At some point in time, we're going to learn how to live with COVID-19, whether that's vaccine takes care of the problem, or it's just the way things are going to go forward. And we'll figure out how to live through this. There will be um, uh, events and weddings again. There will be photography, right? One's a photographer, one's a A wedding planner. Oh my gosh, like wedding planner. But but the reality,
2: this 6.75% sounds high, but this is commensurate with the risk that the lender is willing to actually uh, take. And that's why this is such a premium over a normal interest rate because either they have poor work history, poor credit, combination of the two, and uh, a cash flow that is not consistent. I wouldn't touch. Yeah, I mean, this. the reality
1: is: look, they're young; they'll, they'll be, figure fine. This out. Yeah. They'll be not, fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. No, seriously, they'll figure it out. It's not the end of the world. That it's they,
2: eighty-five grand,
1: and look, the difference is four percent on eighty-five. It's less than four thousand dollars a year. They would like to save okay. that by getting a new mortgage to save them about a little under $4,000 a year. That's right. A new mortgage will save them $4,000 a year. That's right. That's, right. That's, right.
2: That's right. And, and if, if you feel it takes that some, bad.
1: If it takes them another year or two, give them four grand if you feel yeah, that bad. If you bad.
3: feel
2: that bad. But <laughs> but the reality is unless you had oodles of money laying around, which you may, right. you don't know.
1: Well, you probably you know. don't have a couple million bucks. And I wouldn't do this unless you had a couple million bucks. That's right. And and being prepared to like, not see these dollars. Yeah, you would Here. if you gave if you lent them this money, you would should be. You'd be prepared. better off just giving them some cash to help them through this. Yeah, this if that's what you okay. wanted. If that's what you wanted to yeah, do, yeah, I that would. That would be better. That would be more helpful to them than, than trying to pay this thing off. Yeah, and they're re- yeah. taking being the. Bank. The reason
2: they're charging this four thousand dollars closing cost, which is a five percent mm-hmm. closing cost, which is relatively high, is because they're building mm-hmm. that into the price of the loan. That the risk that is commensurate with this type of loan, with this type of income, with this type of profession. You didn't create their okay. lives. You're just a participant in it. You didn't do this to them,
1: sure. right? And you're a great aunt. I wish you were my aunt. And it's not like they're in dire need. They're fine, right? If they were right. in dire no, need, they were in dire need. Then you'd probably be like, "All right, I'm gonna." But the reality is, if you do this, there's a good chance that it will cost you, not only financially but relationally.
5: Yeah, that's me. what that would be my concern as well.
1: That's right. So you know,
5: I wouldn't want them to feel like they couldn't talk to me because they owe me money. So always. you can
1: you, if you talk to your nephew about this, you just go back and say you talked to a financial advisor, and the financial advisor okay. said it will strongly encourage Excuse discourage me. you to do that because of any of, of your income needs. And
2: by time. the way, I feel bad for you. So here's dollars. If you want to do that, or don't do, that or don't do it.
5: Very good.
1: All right. Okay. By the Thank way, you so Ma-
2: much. By the way, Mary, you 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 uh, need to actually go and figure out where your money is and what it's doing.
5: Yeah.
2: And <laughs> if you're if you're a few years away from a retirement, when you retired from the state of California, did you take a uh, were you pension eligible or was it a deferred vested pension?
5: Sure. No, no, no. I was pension eligible, okay. but I have worked in New York State. Lovely New York State.
2: Oh, you did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, appreciate the New call. York-
5: Okay, well, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate your
2: time. Right, have you a great
1: Thanks, day and it's
2: uh... how many uh, how many relationships have you seen torn apart, Scott, with clients lending money to their children, nephews, grandchildren? I have told my clients you're better off giving it to them than you are lending it to them and at least that I way mean, it's well, over. I know with. we've
1: both lent money to people in our lives before and it's you you if you don't get to the point of like I might not get it back. Then it, it'll eat you up
2: <laughs> during, the, during the last, uh, the, the home crisis. I still remember a, a couple of my friends asked me to, you know, they were way upside down on their mortgages and they were going into foreclosure and they said, will you buy this house in foreclosure and then let me live in it and rent it to me or put me on a, you know, a payment pay- plan where I can buy it back from you slowly. And I would say no. And they said, well, let me show you the numbers. And I said the, the answer is no. And they're like, why is it? No. And I said, because I could never actually foreclose on you. and uh, Gosh, Of course not. Because you're my friend. But if you're in tough straits and you need some money, ask me. By the way, if you're my friend and you're hearing this, don't ask me.
1: <laughs> this is hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> this, isn't real, this isn't real life. But the
2: reality is doing things to make yourself financially, your life better versus being in dire need are completely different things.
1: Well, and money's not always doesn't always make things better. That's right. And oftentimes people need to live through experiences. I mean, the best I mean, we all want our kids and our other family members to grow up to be responsible, functioning members of society, have some stability in their lives, right? All of that. Flourishing careers, strong relationships, of course, everything, right? We want them to, to flourish. We want them to be creative,
2: artistic, intelligent, <laughs> good-looking. A great friend of many.
1: <laughs> All those things. All those things. Philanthropic, <laughs> culturally minded. All right, but on the financial part, um, what makes people the, to, be, to have the ability to have financial independence typically comes through years of experiences. Oftentimes painful. Yes, Learning through those those struggles you go through, and so sometimes I we watch people bail their kids out again and again. And then look, if you're if you've got a hundred million dollars and you could spend whatever you want on your kids, and you've don't then whatever that's your business. What you don't want to do, what we see too often, you, you don't have a hundred million dollars. You got a million bucks maybe saved up for retirement, maybe even a couple million bucks saved up for retirement. Not so much that you can afford to lose a big chunk of it, and Sometimes people will give these financial gifts or get in, invest in their kids' businesses and stuff thinking that they're helping their kids. Not only are they not helping their kids, they're not helping themselves at the same time.
2: Especially if they're if it's going to affect their retirement.
1: Impact their standard of living. Yes. So their standard of living went down, and I would argue their children's standard of living went down as well because they didn't have the opportunity to live through their experiences.
2: And more capital, more money isn't always the answer. It appears to be the answer. Look at state and federal government. We can fix this if <laughs> we always, only had more money.
0: It's always the answer.
2: We, If we only had more money, we could fix this. We could fix the homeless problem of uh, mental health. We could fix it if we had Education. more money. Fix it if we had more money.
1: It's not about the process or the people. Mm, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, always it's yeah, the it's lack just, of resources. Yeah. Always the lack of resources. Always. But I know it gets tempting...
2: Um, all right. Well, sorry about that government rant there. I couldn't help
1: myself. Yeah, we have got about a, a minute left, and what we've not talked about in a while, Bitcoin. Yes. <laughs> what was a, what was the bank that put a, a target of one hundred and sixty oh, thousand? Was yeah, yeah, it Was a, it was a, Morgan or one of Yeah, the it was ones. a respectable bank. Don't hold me to the name, but it was yes. Yeah, I re- was an analyst at the bank. I, I didn't even there. read the article.
2: I read the headline. I didn't first, read the article either. I read the headline. Why do I need to read every financial article? There's I read the headline in the first paragraph, and I'm like, okay.
1: Look, if you want to, any if you're buying an investment because it's done well lately, it does not guarantee that it's going to continue to do well in the future. And if you're going to invest, I don't care whether it's Bitcoin or some other asset that's been on fire as the last few weeks. Be prepared for it to have a major downturn at the same time. And of course, we saw that with Bitcoin. It went from, what, 20,000 ish to 6,000 ish or something like that. And now it's, it's, in, know, it's yes, way, way up. way up. I don't even know where it is today, but it's kind of irrelevant, I believe, to most of our lives. Anyway, we're out of time. It's uh, been a real pleasure having you with us. Uh, you can always get a podcast of this program. If you listen to it uh, via radio, you can get a podcast. Just go to our website, uh, allworthfinancial.com or wherever you get your podcast, uh, wherever you download your podcast, you'll find us as well, All Worth Financial's Money Matters. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. This has been All Worth Money Matters.